Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another mini episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. Who You Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket, or a tournament bracket, is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate matchups. In these special mini-episodes, special rules apply. First of all, it's just little old me here. While there is no guest, I will still be talking through these matchups in a thorough and even-handed manner. Then, unlike a full episode of Who You Got, we will only be debating four items here. That means two semi-final matchups and then a final face-off to take the crown. Lastly, there are no strict time limits on each round, but thankfully, we have the man himself, Graham Zima, over here on the knobs, to call me out just in case I start stalling out of sheer indecisiveness. As the 2010s draw to a close, we'll be doing a little multi-episode retrospective here on mini-episodes of Who You Got. It's a series that I like to call Dayton's Favorite Things of the Decade. With each mini-episode, we will be discussing a category of things that I, quote-unquote, got into in the 2010s, or a category of things that I feel thrive over the past 10 years. Then, we will discuss my four favorite things of that category and pick the best. At the end of the day, you'll be able to look at these four winning items and see how I characterize the 20-teens. should be fun and maybe even a bit nostalgic for some of us. The third topic in this series is... Stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedy isn't exactly what we picture when we think about the laughs that we had in the 2010s. We probably think about Vines or YouTube or something, not necessarily somebody standing up on a stage in front of a mic. But honestly, I think the medium is seeing a renaissance of sorts. There are four main comedians I adored watching this decade. Even more than that, I feel like I connected with these four men, and they're hilarious, genuine people with remarkable stories. I may be getting a little bit mushy about this up front, but truly, all four of them have helped me through a lot by bringing me joy, insight, and joyful insights. So who are they? Well, in the first round, we have Kumail Nanjiani against John Mulaney. Then it's Bo Burnham versus Pete Holmes. The prevailing contender will be called the last comic standing... Wait, no, we... We can't use that. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Okay. The final uh, humorist enduring. Yep. Okay. That'll, that'll, that'll do. Final humorist enduring. Does that work? Are we going to get sued for that one? Okay. Okay. Please don't sue. Okay. All right. Final humorist enduring. Let's get into it. First up on the mic, we have Mr. Nanjiani battling Mr. Mullaney. Let's get this train wreck a rolling. So. Admittedly, I am more familiar with Kumail Nanjiani's general comedy work more than his stand-up specifically, but his 2013 special, Beta Male, is really a pure delight. Kumail welcomes the audience into his childhood pretty much right off the bat. He was raised Muslim in Pakistan, and his stories are really deeply human, things that we can all relate to. He talks about his early children's birthday parties. He talks about his early encounters with pornography. He talks about the American stereotypes about his home city of Karachi. My favorite joke is when he shares that Karachi was made a level in a Call of Duty game. As a gamer, he jokes that, oh, maybe I'll have an advantage playing in this level, knowing the city, and oh, maybe it'll be super accurate. Uh, he makes it clear that the developers did not know the city at all. 
The city's language is Urdu, but the street signs and billboards in the game use Arabic. So, of course, a simple Google was missed here. But he takes this gross oversight in stride, and he exudes this cheerful, charming, cheeky, perfect attitude. And it's a perfect balance between the optimist and the cynic, something, both two elements I really like to see in a stand-up comic. This special isn't exactly well-known, but Kumail Nanjiani's film career is really becoming mainstream recently. The Big Sick, uh, the movie that he and his wife wrote about their relationship, is one of the best films of this decade, in my opinion. It achieves a beautiful balance, like he does up on stage, between comedy and drama, optimism and cynicism. He does a great deal of voice acting as well. He's done work in the Lego Ninjago movie and in the newest Men in Black film. And soon Kumail will be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the Eternals movie. But you know who is unmistakably a stand-up comedian when you see him through and through, first and foremost? John Mulaney. I first discovered Mulaney through his special New in Town. While some of the jokes in the special haven't aged super gracefully, their construction is rock frickin' solid. Mulaney is the comic that opened me up to the mechanics of comedy. It's not like the guy is all about the inside baseball aspects of joke writing. His comedy is just so clean and snappy and pure that you can't help but notice it. It helped me realize that stand-up isn't an outdated form. It's a timeless one. I grew up only really knowing the broad arena comics like Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Dunham. With every Mulaney special, I realize more and more just how important true and simple joke-telling is. Mulaney never goes for the easy laughs, and you can tell that he always challenges himself to think critically about his experiences and his observations to produce the most witty and surprising result. That is, of course, not to say that Kumail Nanjiani doesn't do this process, but it's clear from all of his work that he really does, but John Mulaney does so in such a way where the format and the magic of stand-up is just laid bare for us to explore and understand. And I think that sort of back-to-basics element is critical for the medium of stand-up as we enter the 2020s. And for that reason, I'm going to move John Mulaney forward into the finals. I have a feeling that John Mulaney will inspire, inspire literally every comic that we see emerge from the next decade and beyond, probably, I just simply can't let that lie back in the semifinal. So, onto the finals he moves. The second semifinal match is between Bo Burnham and Pete Holmes. Boy, oh boy, Bo Burnham. Okay, he is an enigma. If you don't know his little history, he was born from the earliest waves of YouTube fame. He was a teenager making videos and little funny songs out of his uh, his parents' attic. And he took his comedy to the stage in the late 2000s, releasing his first special in 2010 with at the sweet, sweet age of 20. Is that right? He couldn't even drink yet and he was releasing this gold? Yep, that math checks out. Goodness knows this prodigy's comedy isn't for everyone, of course. He satirizes everything from pedophilia to racism, usually through song. But don't worry, Bo Burnham is much more than simply an edgy songster. Bo's later specials are beyond groundbreaking. Earth-shattering, universe-warping, the very fabric of reality-rending, something like that. All I know is that at the end of his two most recent specials, titled What and Make Happy, I realized that stand-up is meant to be played with, to be a laugh and then some. 
a little additional thought beyond that initial reaction. It can quickly become a profound, intimate, explosive performance art. For example, what ends with Bo being interrupted by critical voices from his past and present who sort of claim to think that they know him and know what direction he should take with his career and with his own life. Bo turns all of these little phrases, this chorus of descent, into an electronic symphony of pure catharsis. That sounds strange, but watch it and you will see that it is an incomparable emotional force. Make Happy ends with Bo mimicking Kanye West's bizarre instrumental rants and about his odd problems. Bo first plays this for laughs, talking about exercising and burritos and his problems with those things, but it slowly transforms into a total soul-bearing. Bo admits that he's deeply insecure and anxious and afraid. He, At the end of this entire performance, he drops the mic and says to the audience, I hope you're happy, in this really pained sincere voice. Have you ever gotten chills at a comedy show? You should have that experience because Bo Burnham can provide it. And who would have thought this young YouTube adopter would produce some of the most compelling comedy in years? Now, Pete Holmes. This guy, oh man, he's my hero. I love this man. He His stand-up, just by the fact that we share some life experiences, he and I, has helped me form a better relationship with my past, with my religion, with my parents, with my fiancé, and with the very universe in which I live. But I'll be the first to admit that my passion for him is pretty personal and singular. He's a goofball, and that's exactly what I need most days. And he's, I can admit, not for everyone. And he's not exactly unconventional, especially not to the degree that Bo Burnham is. Pete Holmes is just a funny and honest guy. For example, I love his rant about coffee from one of his opening monologues from his tragically short-lived talk show. He, every time I take a sip of some shitty coffee now, I can't help but say, Mmm, dirt. With dirt overtones. Is this from that there dirt pile? He's an instantly quotable man. His humor is basically the greatest version of my favorite kind of humor. But again, I have to be honest with myself, he hasn't necessarily changed the comedy game in the 2010s or in the 2020s and beyond. When it comes to podcasting and spirituality, this guy is marvelous and he would top any bracket that we put onto this show. As much as I adore Pete, and he's changed my life uh, more, so, more so outside of my enjoyment of comedy. When I listen to his work, or as I read it, as I'm currently reading and about halfway done with his book, Comedy, Sex, God, I'm not necessarily thinking about jokes. I oftentimes am thinking about how I can be more present in my own relationships, in my own endeavors, and in my own existence. That's wonderful, but it's not what we're evaluating here when we're talking about stand-up comedy. Bo Burnham touches on that enormity of life and crisis and triumph while still staying pretty firmly in the realm of stand-up. That needs to be rewarded and further analyzed. So for that reason, and against my own little personal preferences, I'm going to move Bo Burnham onto the finals. So for the title of the final humorist enduring, we have John Mulaney versus Bo Burnham. Let's go. So I don't think I've actually talked about any of John Mulaney's jokes yet. So Some of my favorite bits from him are honestly some of just his best stories. When he talks about nearly being caught for underage drinking, when he talks about meeting former President Bill Clinton with his mother, when he was taught about kidnapping as a child, the 
salt and pepper diner bit. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about salt and pepper diner, look it up. It's hysterical. I guarantee your sides will be hurting. I also really enjoy his little flourishes and transitions in between his jokes. For example, John Mulaney introduces a joke in one of his most recent specials by saying, now at the end of my life. He also comments on a lie he made by saying, I said no, you know, like a liar. In an interview beside his close collaborator, Nick Kroll, someone else you may know, he refuted an insult from Nick by saying, no one has ever spoken to me before. <laughs> I want to think how this man thinks. I am supremely jealous of his mind. And honestly, we can't talk about John Mulaney without talking about his relationship with Saturday Night Live, on which he was a writer and eventually a host twice so far and probably soon again in the future. My favorite SNL skit of all time, The Diner Lobster, was a pet project of Mulaney. Only when he hosted was he able to make this thing happen, and it is an absurdist humor dream. Please check it out if you haven't already. Again, this guy is just pure comedy. The sort of pop culture analog that I can think of is like, he's like the Foo Fighters of comedy. The Foo Fighters are really keeping traditional rock and hard rock at fairly top of mind for anybody who listens to music. And John Mulaney is doing the same sort of thing for stand-up comedy, reminding us exactly what it means to hear and enjoy a joke. So what does Bo Burnham remind us? Well, frankly, he reminds me of us. He reminds me of myself, my friends, my enemies, anyone from my generation who is struggling to be sincere yet social, entertaining yet essential, fantastic yet familiar. Every time I see him perform his comedy, I feel for him. He shows me that true art is painful, not by necessity or process, but as sort of a side effect of just being who he is and saying what he thinks. That's something I'm struggling with right now. I, I'm a writer by trade, and how do I write things that are marketable yet meaningful? I, I do this show every week, and how do I perform in a way that is comfortable for listeners and myself and yet challenging for listeners and myself? I'm currently developing a, a piece in a medium that I've never written in before. How, so how do I make something that is going to help people see what I see and help people help me see beyond what I thought I did? To a certain degree, art takes some agonizing, and I've really realized that through Poe Burnham. It should always hurt a little bit to laugh. The most memorable laughs always hurt a little bit. Literally, the most memorable moment for me from Bo Burnham's comedy is during the aforementioned finale of his special, Make Happy. Bo sings, during this auto-tuned Kanye West-esque monologue, some of the most tragic words I think I've heard a comic ever speak. He says, Come and watch the skinny kid with the steadily declining mental health and laugh as he attempts to give you what he cannot give himself. I'm getting emotional talking about it because, good Lord, isn't this what we're all taught to do? Be everything to everyone, even if that makes you nothing to yourself. Oh, man, that's a painful truth. Bo does something important on stage that I think no comic I know or of the 2010s or otherwise has ever done. He demonstrates the weight of comedy, the weight of entertainment, the weight of identity, the balance and imbalance it provides us in our lives. 
every time we try to build something, give something, be something, we're transforming. And that transformation makes us laugh and cry until our sides and chests hurt. John Mulaney, Kamal Nanjiani, and Pete Holmes, along with a myriad of countless other 2010s comics, are wonderful observers, commentators, and storytellers. But Bo is everything we love and hate about ourselves as we step into the 2020s. For my money, Bo Burnham may in fact be one of the most important artists, stand-up comic or not, of this decade. The fact that he has held up this mirror is so meaningful to me. And I can confidently say that I'm a better person going into the 2020s because I know of Bo Burnham's comedy. For that reason, Bo Burnham is my final humorist enduring, the greatest stand-up comedian of the 2010s. In case you couldn't tell, this was a tough bracket for me. <laughs> it was tough to narrow down this bracket to just four, as there are plenty of genius comedians out there today. Hannibal Buress, Bill Burr, Tom Segura, Ali Wong, Tiffany Haddish, and so on. But hopefully you saw that these, how these four have really had a personal impact on me and my decade. And hopefully I can reflect their intelligence, cleverness, and generosity in the work that I do as well. Wow, what a weirdly serious episode for stand-up comics. <laughs> as always, I thank you for joining me on this mini-episode of Who You Got. Don't miss a single episode of Who You Got when you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can suggest topics for any episode, anytime. I look forward to seeing what you guys want to see me run through the gauntlet of the bracket. Then, of course, wherever you're listening, please review, like, and share. Five-star ratings are great. Your thoughts and suggestions are great. Your friends and family joining in the party would be the greatest of all. Thank you again for joining me on this mini episode of Who You Got. We wrap up the Dayton's Favorite Things of the Decade series next week, so look forward to that. My name is Dayton Hammond, and we'll see you next time 